Hello, everybody. It's Newer Kid Y with God, yay or nay. This is episode four. This one I am so excited about. Uh, this one is with uh, a good friend of mine. His name is Marco. Uh, this guy, Marco, he works with uh, the medicine and psychedelic ayahuasca. He's been doing ceremonies out in Mexico and Peru for a while now. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be in a few ceremonies with him and be able to learn from him and uh, take the medicine with him. Uh, he actually uh, teaches us about how ayahuasca works and how it helps heal people. And specifically from his uh, work that he's learned in the Amazon rainforest and uh, how he's brought it out into people and helped transform their life and help give them some healing. Uh, this is such an amazing episode he has such a wealth of knowledge and uh, was just so happy he agreed to do this and i hope you guys enjoyed this as much as i did um if you guys are new to this podcast uh please um the best thing you can do to help me out is uh, rate this podcast on anything you can rate it on uh, itunes and apple specifically would be the best uh if you can rate it maybe even leave a nice comment any of those things they help out so so much with getting this podcast seen and uh that's what i would love to do i would love to see this podcast grow i would love to uh be able to add more stuff to it i want to add music i want to add um better editing better equipment and uh, get this thing as uh, badass as possible so yeah please uh please give it a good rating and uh, if you can follow me on uh, instagram or youtube at newer kid and i'll be constantly uh, putting up uh, videos of this podcast different clips and uh, sharing um Hey, maybe some of my comedy clips and stuff as well. Uh, I think you guys would like that. So uh, you guys are amazing. Keep supporting this, and I really appreciate it. This is episode four with my man, Marco. All right. <laughs> Marco, thank you for coming on to my podcast, man. How you doing? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for reminding me. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, let people know you've uh, been uh, working with uh, ayahuasca for quite a few years now. You run um, retreats out in Mexico and Peru. I just did a retreat with you out in Mexico and you had such a wealth of information. It was just uh, such a beautiful thing to be able to learn for you for, uh, during that week. Um can I uh, ask you how long have you? Uh, when was the first time you tried ayahuasca? Like how long ago was that? Yeah. So yeah, the 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 things guide me through drink ayahuasca. My whole journey started way back before I actually took the medicine. I was I'm from Mexico originally, and I was always um, interested in spirituality and plant medicine. I tried um, working with. Um, Magic mushrooms. Uh, it's called Teonacatl, the Mexican psilocybin. Mm-hmm. And I started training with uh, the sweat lodge people in Mexico called the Mascal. Then I started going to the desert to try peyote. Um, and then I was always into uh, the healing arts, learning qigong and everything. And then uh, I come across to a ceremony of ayahuasca, and I was wanting to try it. So that was um, 10 years ago, the first time I drank it. Um, And this what it got me to is pretty much I was looking for answers about myself. I also was looking for my own process of healing, things that I wanted to work out of myself, uh, healing my body and my mind and my emotions, my memory. My ancestor always wanted to, I knew there was something else that could help me, like to, to... embrace to become a better human and then I got the pressure to meet the medicine and then when I met the medicine like everything it completely changed for me okay so you had a special uh, connection with that medicine compared to all the other uh, uh, like some substances you tried like psilocybin or peyote yeah so I mean I had a connection with all of them it's just the depth which I went through was more deep and it was way easier than the other ones. Like um, I feel like um, ayahuasca is is really a different plant, which it really worked for me in that time, and I really felt the depth of it. So it was more clear, more more um, 
yeah, it was more clear the message. It was faster um, and more integrated, and I really got to connect faster than with the other um, uh, plant medicines I have done before. Okay, that's interesting. I actually uh, kind of felt the same way when, because uh, I've I've taken like uh, before I tried ayahuasca, I think I'd taken. Um, mushrooms i've taken like a little bit of lsd i always liked it but like yeah once i tried ayahuasca it's almost like i stopped doing those things i just like this was like something that was like this is actually healing me i'm getting that deeper connection so i really do feel that um so how how many times like did you take ayahuasca before you started thinking like i kind of want to do my own ceremonies or i want to learn like to go deeper into this and actually teach other people. Yeah, so in the beginning when I started drinking, I had no idea I was going to do this. I mostly started doing it to find my own healing, as I was saying, heal my own things, and then I went to the process of, of starting doing my own healing. Mm -hmm. And um, to cleaning my body, you know, my organs, uh, understanding traumas from the past, Understanding how my mind it is attached to the emotional trauma of my uh, of my life, and then how the body reflects that emotionally, mentally, uh, physically, and spiritually. Where I was going through a, a way of healing all of them. So then uh, I start uh, working with the medicine, and then I say, "Well, I gonna I want to go to Peru to where um, this knowledge comes from." So I then I went and traveled to Peru, and then I met uh, uh, my teachers, and I was working there in a center for about six and a half months, uh, wow. later, which is a crazy story how I ended up going there. Um, really a magical story. Oh, so then I started, yeah, did you mind sharing that magical story? Well, yeah, because I wanted to, uh, so I got introduced to the medicine to a couple old friends of mine, which they were doing ceremonies way before me, and they were incredible. And then um, I was working with them, but they work on a little bit different. Um, they don't work traditionally like I do with like uh, my teachers, like where the roots of the plants. So it's a different way of working with medicine through music and uh, amazing work they do. But I was working with them, and I realized, like, I want to know where this comes from. I want to see the roots of it. Who is the tradition works with it? There must be some shamanic awareness of this, like a tradition that has worked for this for ages, and like, where it comes from. So then I went to the jungle, and I went to a center that another friend of mine recommended. And when I arrived, I had money to stay there for three months. And then when I shop the manager of the center, such an amazing guy, say, you know, like someone just left, there was a translator, and then you speak Spanish and English, would you mind staying here as being the translator? I say, absolutely, I'm here to come and do my work. He said, yeah, you don't have to pay any money, we'll feed you, you will do all the work and everything, but you just have to help us to translate between the people come here sick or come here for healing, and you have to translate that from them to the shamans. Oh, cool. So then I was absolutely, then I had not to pay anything. And then the depth of learning was deeper because I get to to hear the patient, what the patient had, uh, some physical illness in their body. And then I translate to the teachers and they give them, ask them more questions about the physical illnesses, about their emotional side of it, the mentally side of it, and they did a, an assessment. And they tell me to tell them how they're going to work with them. So they had to translate that, and then they translate back, and that's so I get to see what the, the shamans were, um, um, how you say, like um, like checking on them, doing a, 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 data, a data of their bodies. Okay. And then they think about it, they drink medicine, and through the spirits of the plants, the spirits told, me, told them what plants are going to die and how they're going to work with them. So they got to tell me and then I translate to them and then I have to communicate to them what kind of isolation diets they're going to do, what kind of plants they're going to take, flower baths, massage. I was waking them up every morning, give them the plants, I talk to the guy makes the plants, I give them to them. So I was doing all the work between the shaman and the patient. So I get to learn a lot about things and, and then also how they work in ceremony, what they do to them 
student ceremony because I had to translate or help people to be there. It was pretty much the helper too as well. It was super amazing. It was a lot of work, but it was incredible download. And during that process, I was going my own healing, which I asked them, you know, I have this problem, what I can give me, and they give me this plant, and they give me this treatment, and they give me this um, different, um, everybody's in a different treatment. So doing that, healing myself, on my physical level, mental, emotional, then I start to learn how to work with the plants and the medicine. Um, then I start to to work, um, yeah, like finding the plants that helps to clean the body, but also how to use the energy of vibrational medicine of the plants to help you with the ayahuasca to clean everything that comes through your awareness. So pretty much you will start learning physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. <clears throat> I already said that a few times because that's the way the, the Shipibo tradition, they see a body. A body is made of four bodies itself. <clears throat> so it's a little bit more of a depth on that. So then I started going through my own process of healing and learning from the plants, directly from the teachers. And then I continued my training until, um, you know, I was totally in it and I felt a lot of connection with it and then I was not thinking of doing my own personal work um, things that have work I had just to have friends they just to do uh, retreats in certain parts of the country and then they couldn't make it anymore so the people um, I was assisting them like helping you know taking people to the bathroom make sure they don't throw up in the bucket throw in the bucket like you know the physical yeah, yeah. I was not like helping energetically then, uh, then also you start working with them, practicing the songs, and then we have quite a bit of training. Um, my partner also, which she works also with the medicine, she has about six years more of training than me. So she's been doing it for 16 years. So when I met her, she already had in the path. So when these people couldn't do these ceremonies anymore, the organizers are asking us if we can do it instead. Okay. So we, we say, well, we can we can give it a try, you know. We've been training and we talk to our teachers. Um, Robbins, my partner teacher, say, absolutely, you can do this for so long, you're more than ready. And I talk to my teacher, say, yes, completely do it. So then we start doing um, <clears throat> our own process, which that led us to a whole other part of training because then you train and then you have to train offering. Like the experience is happening or you offering this work. It's different than the experience you're working with your teacher. So now you are in your own. Yeah. Happen holding a group of people and then what things can happen and you start practicing and then learning. So in this path, the training is important. Absolutely. Having a teacher is extremely important. Um, having the training and the years of experience and then also the experiences of practicing. Which is another. What do you time. mean? What do you mean practicing? So you're learning from your teachers. Uh, you know, in my case, I went to the jungle and died several years, about four or five years working with them, and then I learned that. But I was working with them. They always were doing the work. I was just there assisting. I was singing too, but they were holding the whole thing. So practicing, what I mean is, when you are on your own and you are practicing what you learn. Okay. So that practice. It's, it takes you to a level for you to understand what happens, holding a space for that amount of people, what they need, how to deal with them, how to help them clean their bodies, how to protect the space. I mean, in the whole art of shamanism and this path. Then you have to practice this when you're on. So you kind of like start, you know, it's like a doctor gets out of school, then you go get to a clinic and they start getting their own patients. Yeah. They don't have the teachers, they don't have the school, they're on their own. And then they start learning what kind of archetypes are working, and then you start developing your own um, connection, your own, your own knowledge, knowledge about this work. Um, so that's what I meant with like uh, practicing. Yeah, but there is a lot of it's so long and depth. I cannot explain it. Just I can just give you a little bit of a download, but it's quite a process mm. that led me to do this. Um, and why we do it is because people ask for it, and then we're doing good work. We are trained well from our teachers um, and we offer good work from our hearts and we help people so then by the years people start liking our work and and then now uh, we, we do ceremonies yeah and you guys do an amazing job and like uh, I've just from talking with uh, all the people who have been working with you uh, for a long time I've seen like uh, 
tremendous amount of like transformation and healing. Um, you were saying so when it comes to healing and trauma, you were saying like with the tradition that you learned that they have uh, they look at four different bodies. You were saying uh, how do they say that? So I kind of can explain this. It is um, healing is different than curing. Okay. Right? So first, any doctor in the world, uh, Western medicine. Um, Chinese medicine, um, Ayurvedic medicine, um, yoga medicine, um, you know, all kinds of medicine, they have a spectrum of how the human body looks like. Uh, Western medicine know that you have organs, you have a brain, you have blood, you have a heart, they can take x-rays, um, they can do all the kinds of testing, they can look into your body and everything, and then based on their data, they have ways of how to help you. They know they have an illness, a bacteria, a parasite, or something is not working, they have a way to treat you. Chinese medicine has another way. It has uh, worked to the meridians of the body, um, which are the, the energetically parts of the whole body, which are connected to your organs, and those are connected to your emotions. So based into that, they have a different spectrum how to look the body than Western medicine. Mm -hmm. They also help. So that's their knowledge, that's their wisdom, and it works too. You know, yoga um, people have believe about the chakras, and they work through the levels of chakras. Uh, meditation, Buddhist people work different. So the Shipibo way, when there's no Shipibo, a lot of people work with plant medicine in the Amazon jungle and on South America. They also have a different spectrum of the body. And the way that my, the she people works, they have, a, and I know it's just for them, actually, a lot of other traditions work really, really similar, which is amazing. So they work that the body has four parts of themselves, four bodies. The mental body, the emotional body, the physical body, and the spiritual body. Okay. So any of those four bodies is out of alignment, illness, is a potential in your body to do uh, illness to grow. Okay. So, for example, you physically, you don't take care of your diet, you're really bad, then you're going to get an effect in your body, which um, your emotions will change. Um, example, you are an alcoholic, you take too much alcohol, what the alcohol uh, helps, seeing in, in Chinese medicine, it helps to release qi from your liver, which is energy. But if you drink too much alcohol, then the liver drains out of, out of energy, and then it affects your liver. And then the liver, it relates a lot with anger. So that people start getting angry, so then it's affecting the emotional part of yourself. Mm. And the mind is looking at your body and looking at your emotions, and then based on the way how you learn to interpret your reality through your life, to your parents, to to your traumas, then your mind is gonna start reacting to it. So now is the body, now is your emotions, and now is the mind. The three of them are affected by that. And then the spirit looks at all of them. So that's why they're all interconnected in the Shipyuan and many other traditions. So if something is out of balance, it reflects in all the other bodies. Um, but it's really amazing because the healing is deeper if you actually work in the four bodies of them. So that's just an example like an alcoholic people. Yeah, yeah. So it goes physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritual, but also could go emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, so they can work. It's like a, um, like a, like a wheel mm -hmm. of East and West with the Northern American tradition or so, see it that way. So one of those ones affects the other, so goes any direction. You don't take care of your of your thoughts, it affects your emotions. You don't take care of your emotions, it affects your body. You don't take care of your emotions, it affects your body, and also affects your mind, and also your spirit. So they all are intertwined, so that's what I'm trying to explain. And then in the Shipibo way, in the world of the plants, when we work with the medicine, we embrace the four bodies. We try to embrace them together and, and clear and try to heal the four at a time, because that's where the deeper healing will occur. That's amazing. Yeah, I, uh, um, especially in this last uh, retreat that we did, I um, was like finally understanding that connection between um, body, mind, emotions, 
and uh, I was actually feeling it. I kind of noticed in myself one of the healing that I did in this last uh, retreat. Uh, I was noticing that I had so much pent-up fear over the last year, and a lot of it had to do with my career. And uh, because I was not uh, actually facing that fear, I was storing it in my body, and it was giving me a ton of like back pain and shoulder pain, and it was like uh, that's how it was like manifesting in my body. And uh, when I was actually doing the, when I was on the medicine, like uh, a lot of the times when my back was, uh, it was like the medicine was fixing my back. It was almost like a chiropractor, like you called it, and it was fixing my back. And when it was fixing it, I could feel like these emotions and why and this fear coming out, and I can actually feel like where that fear came from. And that was the first time I actually like uh, I got that belief like holy shit like all of this is connected I've never actually been able to see that before but when I saw that it actually like blew my mind I couldn't believe how deep this uh, medicine goes um, can I ask you then like so you dealt with so much uh, people's trauma and you've helped so many people heal um, do you find like a uh, there's kind of like patterns with how ayahuasca heals people's trauma? Um, well, first of the things, um, with the years of experience, you start, you start to actually see that there are archetypes of people. Um, and the only archetypes are never the same, but they play similar. Mm. Um, yeah, so, let, let, for example, like, yeah, so, as I, as I mentioned it, so how, um, how they do the, the work, I'm just going to think about a second here. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I have seen it, how the medicine works with a lot of trauma. So, for example, um, emotional trauma. The people, they have, um, I'm just going to get a little bit into a, a, a way to explaining this to you. Yeah, yeah, there, please. There is work is called perineal psychology, which actually studies um, trauma since you were in the womb of your mother until you are 18 years old. And then during that time, you have um, certain traumas. You know, you were wanted, you might not want it for your parents. They, they, they end up having it when you were in your womb with your mother. Maybe your father was aggressive to your mom or whatever. There's so many factors that your body starts to prepare. Picking up different DNA, picking different um, energies from all your, your DNA, from all your ancestors that was before you. And you start picking up all the right tools for you to prepare for coming into this world. That starts as you're in the womb of your mother. Then you are giving birth to yourself. And then there you go, there you are a baby growing. And then depending on the care of your mother and your father, that's how you're going to grow. But if your mother and your father has traumas that we didn't deal with, they pass it to you, not just energetically, but also to how they act and how they react to you. So when you are a baby until you're 18 years old, your brain still is developing. So any trauma gets at you. When you were a kid, you probably even remember when you started doing healing, you start remembering pieces of when you were a child, which you don't even remember anymore. So the, the trauma gets stored in the body. You don't have the capacity mentally to understand what's going on to you. You just get traumatized, your body absorbs the trauma, and the mind doesn't have the proper software, to say, to, to, to download the trauma so your body stores it. And then slowly you start going up all kinds of situations, then you're becoming a teenager, you have so much emotions, you know where they come from, then you become a man. And then if luckily you have the blessing to start doing healing work with plant medicine, therapy, any kind of healing work, then you can start realizing, oh my God, I have broken parts of myself. And then you start now, you have the capacity of the mind to understand your trauma. So then you start going back okay, my emotional trauma leads from the abuse that I have with my mother or my father always bullied at high school and how your body stores that. But we were so disconnected from our bodies that we didn't realize it and we act on it. We behave with our partners, we behave with our friends, we behave with your food, with your mind, with your body, and then you have all these behaviors to the world. 
which the essence of those behaviors are the trauma which you were not aware of it. So as soon as you're doing um, work and start going, it's like deconstructing mm-hmm. the past. And then at this deconstructing the past, if you're doing good work, the memories within you start showing you that that's a story that you spelled to yourself. But anyways, answering your question, yes, there is certain similitudes of certain people's trauma, but everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So pretty much what you do is um, you use the medicine. The medicine is like we're talking about, um, um, you know, the, the doctors have uh, x-rays or, or this... Um, these machines they put on you can look your organs. Yeah, yeah. You know, Chinese medicine just, you know, the meridians, the chakras, whatever. So the medicine itself, it gives you the visions, it gives you the power to see. Oh. Like an X-ray does. Um, so it can see you how your organs are, how your mind it is, how your mind reacts, and how your emotional self it is there and how your spirit is in it so the medicine gives you the eyes to see and treat people but everybody's different mm-hmm. so there are certain people have uh, as i tell you different trauma so we use different plans different treatments for each individual but if it is archetypes let me tell you there's people with the same problems mm-hmm. but everybody's different and the way we deal with everybody is completely different but definitely it is certain things that play the pattern in many people, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, that's amazing. <laughs> that's really, uh, really, really cool. Um, so, like, I'll tell, like, if there's some listeners that uh, haven't um, done ayahuasca before, um, so a big part of ayahuasca is purging. So most people think, um, you know, they hear about vomiting and uh, diarrhea. So those are the two popular ones. But uh, one thing I uh, wanted to tell people, like, purging can happen in so many different ways like uh i remember this last time i was shivering i was vibrating my legs were shaking up and down and um you can laugh you can cry like uh like like purging like cleans out your body as well is that what like the purpose of purging is like uh what is uh like what what is really happening purging um well that's that's the way that the body helps you cleanse, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, coming back, like our Western minds are so funny. We are so disconnected from our body. Sadly, we always in our minds thinking and things. Which the whole point is to coming back to our bodies and observe reality through our bodies. But anyways, when you take the medicine, I'm gonna give an example. Yes, purging is actually something really amazing but people are ashamed of it they don't want a purge they feel uh, they feel like it's disgusting mm-hmm. or, or, or having diarrhea it's, it's uncomfortable sensations no mm-hmm. one wants to and it's uncomfortable puking it's uncomfortable to have diarrhea and be in pain but it's part of the healing process so i'm gonna explain you a little bit about the purging um so that people can understand it. First, people out there, if you're afraid of drinking ayahuasca because you want to puke or you're going to have diarrhea, please don't think that. That's just something basic which you don't have to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. It's just really see and it feels good, actually. When you purge, it actually feels like something is leave, leaving your body, it's like releasing. Like an example of the sensation is when you are crying when you are a kid, crying so long, and then you start crying and you have a ah, like this releases. It's how it feels when you when you purge basically. Yeah, yeah. Lift your body energetically, emotionally, spiritually. Toxins in your body. The medicine goes into you. You take the medicine. The medicine goes into you. It goes to your stomach. Gets digested. Goes into your. Uh, um, a small intestine then goes through your liver and then from your liver goes into your blood and pretty much the medicines everywhere in your body everywhere so the medicine starts actually looking at the science of it and then with the help of the right healer or the diet guide the medicine starts soaking absorbing chemicals of your body 
um, physical traumas, mentally, memories, everything, and then the medicine takes it out and brings it out. It could come as vomiting. For example, when you are angry, you segregate substances, chemical substances into your body too. When you're happy, when you're sad, when you have depression, you, you're feeling it emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, but on the physical level, you're actually creating toxins in your body. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that toxin stays stuck in yourself for ages. Also, the bad um, diet you had, the chemicals, heavy metals, all that stuff is in your body. So the medicine comes and soaks everything into her and she allows it to purge. And it comes as a vomiting, it comes as diarrhea, people shake their bodies like emotional trauma and the deep tissues of their muscles releasing through the bones to the muscles themselves. People cry, people have a lot of sweating, people have feel cold, all that sensations that the energy is actually leaving your body. And there is another way of purging, which is energetically, which is only just energy flows through your whole entire body, up and down, as you're breathing in and breathing out, and the body itself cleanses energetically. But that is a little bit more different for some people. They get that right away because they're aware of it. Some people take more time, go through the physical, the mental, the emotional, and then they get to explain it. But the purging is extremely essential. That's how the plants heal us. Mm -hmm. releasing sickness from our body um, and some people don't purge and some doesn't mean if you purge you have good ceremony it doesn't mean you don't purge you don't have you kind of great ceremony mm -hmm. it varies differently because the odds depending on, on the status of the human being there are certain illnesses there are oh, it's so, such a science um, for example you have, someone has a tumor or something happened in the body, which is cancer or something that is kind of like harsh to know about yourself or the doctors. They only have one way of curing it. Cutting you up, taking that out or killing whatever is causing it. They are not aware. They never ask you, how are you feeling? How's your emotions? How, how do you react to your emotions? How's your diet? They only want to know where is it? Let's get rid of it. Mm -hmm. The root of our illnesses comes not just physically, as I that's why the four bodies come in. Mm. So when you actually have someone in the body, let's say um, a cancer in the body, a cancer in the liver, and we have a tumor of cancer tumor, and it's like a ball, and in through the visions of the medicine, you can see this ball, and as and as you start or wrapping the ball, let's see that this ball is full of layers like an onion. Mm. But that onion a ball, it got created from the center out. And the root of that ball is something there which you were not aware, and then you start wrapping that and creating the illness. So when you start healing, healing is not easy, and it takes time. It's not like Western medicine, they go cut you up, take it off, you're done, go back home and keep behaving the way you are, and you'll be fine. That's not. Mm. That's not the root of the problem. You might will get sick again because you are not really going to the root. So in the in, in the energetically medicine of the plants, when you start healing the physicality of it, you start taking the first layer of onion. Mm -hmm. It cleanses a little bit. There are some chemicals um, in your body or physicality starts healing. Then as you take in that first layer, memories come up. You talked about your experience, for example. Then as you're healing with the problem, with the pain, and as you're bringing energy to end up and releasing one of the first peels of the onion, then a memory comes up. Mm. You get to relate something emotionally, and that emotion relates back to the body, and then you have a way how you react mentally to that emotion, which leads you to elaborate, creating more emotion. So you start actually doing the work. Then you get one peel out, the ceremony finished, depending on the level of the healer or the depth of your understanding. Then you take a layer of the onion, and you do again to the treatment. So healing in this plant, it could take months. Oh, yeah. It's not easy, and it's a lot of commitment and discipline. And no one is going to get healed in one ceremony, when one weekend ceremonies. I mean, some people are 
I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I believe in miracles. I have seen miracles happen in one ceremony, but not all the time. So people have to be aware if they're going to heal themselves, it's going to be a, a rite of passage which is going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Right? So as you're taking those onion peels, taking memories, mental memories, emotional memories, and then you start actually exploring until you arrive to the root of what that caused that illness. And it could be, trust me, it's, I will say 75% of the, the illness we have in our bodies come from emotional traumas they haven't been processed. And then we carry that, we act to it, so we had it, they had it there, you didn't have emotions, problems about it, you make your mind about it, then, and then you deal with it, you put it under carpet, and it's there, and it grows, and boom, explodes one day, and you're sick. Mm. A lot of the healing um, happens working in all these ways that I, I just explained to you. So it's, it's, it's a science. In, in the Amazon, uh, the Shipibo way, which I work, they call it La Ciencia Divina, which is called the Divine Science of Ayahuasca. The which science? Divine Science. Okay. So the same science they create everything around you, the science they create your DNA, the science they create your electromagnetic field of yourself, they create the plants, they create the air, the fire, the magnetism of the air, the planets, everything which is called spirit. People call it spirit. Um, people call it God, people call it the universe. That science is what's created plants itself too. So when you're actually studying the ayahuasca, you start studying the science of how things are created, um, which is a little bit more spiritually things, but then you start understanding how the human is created, and then you start actually learning how everything is interconnected. And then you work with plants. To how the people heal. You work with elements. You work with water, with air, with fire, with air. You work with animal spirits. You work with the plants themselves, the energy of the plants, the spirit of the plants, and who create the plants. So it's this whole divine science, like the science of um, Western medicine. I like have studying it. There is some books. There is so in the Shibuya way. There is no books because no one has wrote them. But the science is all invisible for us, but when we access the medicine, we're able to type in this ancient knowledge, which is anciently, right? Mm. So it, it blew my mind. Like I'm just after uh, 10 to 11 years now working, I start to understand it. I just barely start to understand it, really how things work. And I, just, I don't have a lot of knowledge like my teachers does, but it's amazing um, what the medicine can do to people. Incredible. Like, people, science can prove it, but people have seen it with their eyes, right? So it's amazing. It's just incredible. Now we have access to this medicine anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, if you wanted to drink ayahuasca, peyote, mushrooms, you wanted to become a yogi teacher, you want to do meditation, you want to be uh, Qigong, Tai Chi, Kung Fu, you only, you only would have practiced if you were born there, right? Because mm-hmm. born, that's why you have a lot around you. There was no planes, there were no towns. But now, we don't have to be born anywhere. We have access to all those science around us, which is extremely amazing. We don't have we don't even have to go to Peru, or we don't even have to go to India to be a yoga teacher. But now we have the world expanding and evolving, where now we have available all these teachings and all these plans mm-hmm. for humanity to expand. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, amazing. And uh, no, definitely uh, grateful uh, the plants came to me. And I honestly, and I really do feel like... Uh, it does feel like something like came to me to like make me take the medicine. Um, it's like it was like a signal, you know. Um, well, my podcast is called uh, God, Yay or Nay, so uh, I'm pretty sure for you that's a little bit of a uh, yay. But um, you were talking about um, this, like uh, I guess you were saying, like a universal energy that you were uh, you're taught with in the Shipibo tradition. 
Um, can you expand on that? Like, uh, doing this with this medicine, working with the medicine, like, what is your feeling on, like, uh, afterlife or why are we here? Um, what's the point of life? Um, do you have, uh, does that evolve or do you think about that? Well, just to be clear, the, the medicine didn't tell me all. There's many other things, studying other science or studying my own self and everything. But yes, so it's hard to explain, but what I re this is what I believe, and it's my story. It's not everybody has to find their own story, find their own reality of things. Never believe anybody's words, by the way. Always go find it yourself. Mm -hmm. Who I have. Because there you know it's true for yourself. You cannot learn anything from a book or from someone. You have to go find it yourself and know deep in your heart it's true. So what for me is true inside, it is creation, God, whatever is many words to explain what is everything. As I say, people call it great spirit, which is a spirit that looks above everything. People call God. People call the universe. People call different names. But all that is, is what connects us all of us. The science that makes everything work. For example, humans, this is my understanding. Right now, you and I, we are, our hearts are beeping. And we are not aware of it. We are not controlling our hearts. Our hearts are beeping by themselves. And sometimes you're breathing without even noticing it. And then you are aware. So life force is, is driving through, it, passing through your body in and out constantly. That energy is the energy that runs through every single being every single animal, every single plant, everywhere, all the time and always. And that energy is the energy of creation, which it creates, makes the air move, it makes the fire heat, it makes the water be still move, have the old yellow um, eyes, vapor, whatever. Uh, the trees working themselves, the animals, that energy drives to all beings. That's creation, which everybody in different, different um, 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 villages or traditions, they see God differently. They have the image of a person or the image of an animal or a thing. They, everybody, no one is right and no one is wrong. They just have a different view of it. Everybody, this is different, but at the end, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a song, a really beautiful song is up there. It says that um, the petals of the lotus flower are many, or the flower is just one. There's many religions, many paths, but in the end, the truth is just one for each one of us. Mm. The same spirit is inside of you, it's the same spirit is inside of me, it's inside of a plant, it's everywhere. Our ego tries to separate us from around us, but we are all the same. The energy is always striving to all each, each individual in the world. Mm -hmm. So that's one part of it, and this goes more on, I can just go for hours for this, but that's something you can just explain, which I know is true to me. And then the other part, say, okay, what's all this about? What happened after life? What, what's the people's path? To begin with, that is, the purpose of humans as us is to find our purpose. Okay. And then finding your purpose, fulfill it. What does that mean? If you feel, you everybody come here for a reason. I extremely believe and I know that's true. And so people are lost. They don't know what's their mission. Why? Because they got soaked by society. Society is being created to separate from us from our or real work, or real, a real gift. So people got caught up in money, caught up in power, caught up in physical aspects, and they forgot why they are here. People are working in corporations on an office, which they're not gonna be. They don't want to do that, but they have to because they have to survive in this world. Mm. And they do it, and they're happy, and they're actually not living their purpose of the life. So the purpose of the life is finding what's your purpose, which it is. What do you love to do? What it fills your soul doing it? When you're working, you're actually shining and nourishing yourself instead of draining you. 
that's your purpose and it's different for each one of us mm. so and this is my message to the world if you're doing something you are not happy of don't do it do something you're happy of doing it and find what inspires you to do it and it might be hard in the beginning to manifest that it might be hard because you might have to do trainings about learning that or we need money in that but then it's going to be a sacrifice but as soon as you do the sacrifice you're going to achieve it and then you're going to do it things don't come easier and sometimes it come. people have that gift of manifesting things quickly but someone's not but you sustain it and then do it and it's going to happen mm-hmm. follow your passions and your heart and the other one was all this about what happened after life or perhaps sincerely I don't know I don't know, it's a mystery, and it always will be a mystery for each one of us. What I know is we all going to die sooner or later. Some people are already dead. Some people will die. Some people already going to die. Just people go first, and some people go later. But what is after life? I don't know. But what I know, it is that we have, when we are here as humans, we have to do our best to learn about ourselves, to learn about the world, to heal ourselves, and connect to ourselves and spirit. And slowly you're gonna start developing and getting downloads of what's beyond this life. What I'm actually a little bit believing in, and what I actually see is true, there is life and death are just the beginning of a different way of existing. We are immortal we will never stop existing. Our bodies will die, but we exist forever. Mm. forever. No matter if it's in a body, or what is next, I don't know, but it never ends. It's just transitions from level to level to level to level, and we're always expanding. It never gonna end. How it's gonna end, I don't know. Or how it's gonna be the next, when I'm no longer here. I don't know, but I believe I believe in the spirits and I believe in the ancestors. And I know when we are no longer here, we become a spirit and we become an ancestor. And then we are in service in a bigger picture mm. of humanity or whatever it is. So an elder of mine, which uh, he works in these traditions, comes from the Sitsika Blackfoot, and this incredible teachings where I really deeply resonates. It says when we die, we become an ancestor, a spirit. And then we are in service to those ones are needed of us. So for example, you and I right now, we have spirits and ancestors related to us. When you close your eyes and you ask for help, those spirits come and help you. But they don't come to you ask for help. So then maybe, I don't know, maybe when you transcend and you're doing this work, maybe you become an ally for someone is doing work. And you know, there's people, Buddhist people, believe in reincarnation. Mm. They reincarnate another body. And people believe they go to heaven. Or there's many different ways. But I think the more you type into the here and now, into this body, and observing reality through your body, not through your mind, then you're going to start having a sense what's after life. Mm-hmm. Which is different which I, I don't know really, I have many beliefs, I have read many stories, I have crazy experiences about what is after death. To be sincere, something concluded to you, I don't know. It's a mystery, and it's actually really cool there is a mystery, because we always try to make sense of everything, because we are human thinking. Mm. We always want to know what it's all about. It's something that we cannot um, understand with our minds. You know why? Because when you die, you don't have a mind anymore. You don't have a way to actually interpret it because you are no longer here anymore. You just are it. Mm -hmm. There is no mind, there is no bread, there is no reality to hold you and talk to someone about it. It's just you are it. There's no way back. And the medicine, ayahuasca in the Amazon jungle, they call it the bind of the dead. Because actually, I never heard that. <laughs> teaches you how to die, and people experiences like they die in ceremonies. Mm-hmm. I have experienced many people do it, 
uh, it is incredible. But then you get to see, um, so this is another part of, yeah, it's called the vine of the dead because actually the substance in ayahuasca is called DMT. Mm-hmm. You're aware, which is the, the molecule spirit of spirit, I believe in other sciences and traditions. So when you die, there is only four ways that I believe and I have known you separate DMT in your brain. One is when you sleep, one is when you die, one is when you are born, when you give birth to yourself, and, uh, and there is one that you get to type and do to deep meditations and you are deepened within. And then that substances are open the doorways to spirit, which is the doorway which how we are connected with every day. Right now we are where we are, you and I were talking this screen and we are not even aware around our, our bodies, around who is in the other rooms, who is the wind traveling around me, the planets moving, people talking. So when we have access to the, the spirit, we'll have access to everything. Our body expands and becomes all. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have that experience it's called opening the doors to spirit which are doing medicine and meditations and then being alive having meditations having ayahuasca ceremonies only kind of practices led to that you still have um, the, the way of interpreting why because you're alive you're in a ceremony, you're breathing you're thinking you are feeling your body and you're looking everywhere around. So you're actually tapping into that world, but then you can make sense of it because you are here. Yeah, yeah. But when you go and you transcend into that, there's no way back. It's not a mind to think about it. There is not a breath to feel. There is no body. You are just at everything, mm. which is huge. I don't know what is it because I have no idea. I know it's going to happen to all of us. But it's a mystery, but I, what I know is just one-way ticket. <laughs> one-way ticket, And it is, even if you do it, you're going to find it yourself one day. And you're going to know the truth of it. But right now we don't know it because we're not there. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have information about it, but our minds trying to make sense. And the sense our minds make is based in the way how we learn to perceive the world, which is a judgment. So we judge that experience and we put into our minds, we put into books and say, hey, look, I know what happens after this. Yeah. So the message is not clear anymore. It's just a perspective of, of, of what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. It, it is huge, you know, answering your question, I don't know what happens after yeah. life. Yeah. No, uh, hey, I don't know either. Uh, I, I like uh, to see what uh, people think about that, though. Um, the one thing I, I do love about uh, how you teach people, you always are so much on um, self-empowerment. You tell people to trust yourself. You say, like, hey, like, don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody else's. It's like you can only learn through yourself. And um, it's a very empowering thing. I've learned that uh, through you over the years. And uh, it's actually helped me, like, uh, learn to trust myself more because it does take sometimes it takes a lot of experience to be like hey like what am i thinking here don't i'm sometimes i just regurgitate other people's thoughts and stuff but it's like no come back to who you are and uh yeah no i think that's uh, one of the things about your teachings i really uh, love and i'm really grateful for uh, what you taught me man of course it's i mean how I can explain that is, you know, stories are spells. If you believe someone's story, then you're under a spell. And that means you are not really seeing the truth of it. So when someone tells you something, some people are inspiration for us. Some people say something inspires us. And that's how I got inspired. You know, but then exactly the truth of it is going and finding it for yourself never give your power to anybody no one is going to heal you no shaman no healer is going to do the work for you you have to do it yourself and you have to trust your own capacity of development which is within you 
there is something really amazing which I'm learning. Um, it's called about uh, somatic work, and it's about to inter interpreting or try to observe and perceive reality through your body, not through your mind. Mm. Your body knows. If you tap into your body and you listen to your body, your body perceives reality. And it perceives reality and it's the highest pure way. As soon as you get that information into your mind, it doesn't become pure anymore. Mm. You're actually judging that reality based, again, in the ways you learn how to interpret the reality, which it comes from your past, which it becomes from your traumas, which becomes of what you learn. If someone transmits you that you believe there is all stories, and then your message is not pure anymore because it comes through the mind. The mind makes sense of things and directs energy. But when you find yourself, when you know it's truth for you, it's truth for you and it's truth for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, when you're talking about uh, perceiving through your body, um... Is that kind of uh, why, like, because you, you did this uh, breath exercise with us uh, on the last retreat um, with uh, breathing, and it was like a very deep breath that we took um, for, uh, I think it was like an hour and a half of breathing, and like, was that part of it, like, to try to bring yourself back to your body? Because that's one thing I did uh, realize after that whole breathing exercise, I was really inside of my body, and like, it did feel like I was kind of perceiving from another yeah, from my body and like completely out of my head. Mm -hmm. Yes, so that breathing uh, is called breath work, which is has many people do it. And yes, it helps you to come back to your body. So the whole point of this work is to come back to your body. Um, I tell you this before, Western world and the new world is all based in the mind. Mm. Everything is the mind. Always. So you're perceiving it, oh, how it looks like, I don't like this, I don't like, I don't like that. Um, Take your time. Yeah, just give me a second. <laughs> Sorry, it was just my family. Just yeah. see me last um, so the whole point, yes, is to come back to the body, of course. That That's the main point, because then... Uh, you are not in the mind. You are actually perceiving reality through your body, which is feeling your heart, your heart feeling, feeling your breath, feeling your body, feeling your hands, feeling your skin, feeling your blood, feeling every single part of yourself. And if you actually put your mind into your body, it's no time to think. So you actually leave the mind. And you're using the mind to focus in the body. And then as you're feeling sensations, and as you're feeling the body, when energies are around you, anything, it feels through your body, you feel it. And then if you're connected to your body, then you get to have a sense. And that's called intuition. Mm. Sometimes you have an intuition, oh, I don't like this, oh, I don't really like that. It's the body telling you, but the mind is like, oh, no, I I can't make sense of it. Oh, that's not true. The mind always interprets everything. So actually, you coming to the body, you get to have a more clear sense of it. Your body knows more than your mind. Your body knows when you're in danger. Your body knows when you can trust someone. Your body knows when you say yes, or your body says when you no. There is this teaching of an, an elder of the 13 uh, indigenous grandmothers. And when they are... Uh, calm people to talk to them. They first look at the person and then listen to them. And they okay, they listen, look at the guy, listen to the words, and then ask after the person has that, whatever they are requesting. The elders say, okay, can you say everything again? And the person says, I already say, I say, can you say it again? I say, absolutely. So now they close their eyes. And then they put their hands in their heart and they, as the person is speaking, they're actually feeling what the person is saying through their bodies. Oh, okay. And they make a decision. But you know, I didn't feel that that's true, actually, because it is true. When someone tells you something, it is a lie, or something that is not good, you notice. You're, you, and truth, it vibrates different than lying. It's the vibration. And if you're actually, when you speak truth, 
it's different vibration when you speak a lie. But when you speak lies and you get people wrapping in your mind, which is wrapping up the mind, makes sense. Oh, it's true. But when actually you, people talking to you or perceiving anything, if you perceive it to your body, when it feels good and it feels energy flows and it feels good energy, you know it's true. So this is the whole point in coming to your body is to learn how to perceive reality through your senses. And there is many senses. You have not just uh, touching, smelling, looking, you know, um, testing. You can also have other senses. It's like dreaming is another sense. Thinking is another sense. Imagining is another sense. Feeling, like so many ways of perceiving reality. Mm. So that and now through the body. The mind makes sense of it. So when you get away from the mind and you have a better understanding and a more through um, facts of the things I'm telling you. And then the more you do it, then you become more in sync with it. You become, you develop a tool which actually you can actually use in the moment where it's something you're going to do and it feels good. If not, it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah. No, all right, man. That's, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's amazing. Uh, so uh, what are you on time right now? It looks like we're pretty much at an hour. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if you have another question, I can answer a few other questions. If not, we can just wrap it up if you like. All right, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, if you could just, uh, maybe before you wrap it up, uh, can you, uh, I just want uh, people to know um, what you go through to make ayahuasca because it's such a, like, it's a long process and you put so much love into it. Uh, can you uh, tell us, like, how you make it? Yes, I do not make it. I get it from my teachers, okay. and which is they are experts already. So I don't make it; I get it from them because I really don't have the time, and I'm not leaving the jungle. Right? It takes weeks, and it's a whole process. So how to make it? So the plant, the, the medicine is made of two plants. One is made of uh, chakruna, chakruna, you know name, uh, and ayahuasca bite. The chakruna, chakruna is made of a leaf from a from a small medium bush you take the leaf the leaf is what contains the TMT which is the substance we are talking about but if you just take the leaf itself your body your enzymes and your bar and your stomach and your acids break down the molecule and then you don't digest it it breaks it down so the ayahuasca which is a pine it contains something called an inhibitor which actually when you mix, mix both of them uh it protects an inhibitor which uh, neutralizes enzymes in your stomach and the acids and you get digested and goes through your intestines and it goes to the liver, goes to the bloodstream and gets everywhere in your body. The process of how to do that is through cooking it. So you get the leaf and you get the bark. For example, to make about two liters of medicine, you have to have a big garbage bag of the leaf and a big garbage bag of the bark. And then you smash the bark you clean it, every single leaf, every single one, you smack the bark and you make it into like loose. And then you cook it in a pot for about 15 to 20 hours, depending on, on the process and many different ways to cook the medicine. The way I have seen it, how they do it, they pound it, they put it together, it usually goes 40 to 50, 40% of chakuna, 60% of of the vine, some people do 50-50, some people do 30-30, everybody does different, different traditions. And the fire, there are some people use only specific kind of wood, some people use a specific kind of pot, um, and some people use um, some kind of different time of the day, some traditions don't like women to touch it, so only women do it, so it's many different ways. The way I do it, everybody does it that way in the tradition. So they cook it for 10-15 hours, they take all the inside part, the leaf, out, and they take the bark, and then now it's the juice. And then you cook it lower until it becomes to a quantity which actually is lower, because then a big pot makes like 25 liters, but they have to cook it down so it becomes 2 liters, because always you have to take like 5 cups, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you reduce it, and then that's what you serve to people. So it's a whole process, a whole lot of science on it, a lot of belief in it and how to do it, which time of the day, who should cook it, what can the ingredients, some people prayers into it, some people don't. So 
I mean, there's many different ways of cooking, but it's a big process. It takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of years for the plants to grow to make that amount of leaf or that amount of bark, and it takes a lot of time pounding it, a lot of wood cooking it, and a lot of time to create the medicine. It's so much work. Mm, no, sounds like it. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you so much, man. I Honestly, I'm really grateful you uh, came on here. Thank you so much, buddy. You're so welcome, Norm. Thanks for inviting me, and yeah, anytime. Hey, everybody, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I appreciate the support. The best way you can uh, support this podcast is by going on to Apple or iTunes and rating this podcast. Um, If you give it a good rating and leave a nice comment, honestly, that's the best way to do it. Uh, Please check me out on Instagram or uh, YouTube under Newer Kidwife. I'm constantly going to be sharing clips of this podcast and also uh, telling you when new episodes are out and sharing a little bit of my comedy. So thank you so much uh, and uh, tune in to another episode next time on God, yay or nay.